Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Nick, I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, look, I'm excited that you're on, uh, looking through your LinkedIn, looking through your website, and just kind of going through and getting prepped for the show. One thing that really skipped my mind was that you literally live in basically my old stomping grounds. So right off the bat, we start shooting the shit about the Phillies, how they just lost to the Marlins. Now, I know this thing will probably come out in the fall, but they shouldn't have lost that game. Um, <laughs> I, I digress. Man, I appreciate you being on. Uh, why don't you kick things off? Tell us what you do for a living. And one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre. Absolutely. So I am an accountability mindset and peak performance coach. One thing that is odd or people aren't completely aware about me is in 2021, I actually acted in a movie as a security guard that is coming out in the near future. So that was kind of a neat, uh, neat event. That's pretty cool. How did that come about? Uh, I knew the director and he said, you know, I'd love to have you in the movie. It was actually a speaking part too. So it's, it's just so interesting to go behind the scenes and get shot from different angles. Of course, I was nervous as shit never being in that element, but it was it was a pretty cool experience. Wow, I bet, man. That's cool. Uh, right off the bat, I think it's all, about, it's all about the connections. If you didn't know the director and you weren't friendly with them, you didn't know who you were, you wouldn't be like, uh, yeah, my buddy Jeff, he could probably do this spot. Um, but then for you to be kind of nervous through it makes total sense. Like anybody that would say, no, I'd be good. I'd get in, I'd crush it. Bullshit. Totally different when you're in that spot. So how did you manage your mindset? Uh, not only knowing like, Hey, I got the part, but fuck now I need to do it. Practice, 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 right? My lines and that's, and then, then allowing myself to be humble enough and have humility to be coached, right? in the process, you know, the director would say, all right, do this a little bit differently. And I didn't know. And, and I think that's such a misconception that we have is we're going to start something. We're going to be amazing at it. No nope. newsflash. You're going to suck when you start and that's okay. Give yourself grace. That's where everybody starts at. We always see these finished products and we think like they're innately given these gifts and talents. Now, are they talented? Most likely, but they've practiced so many times. So that's just the biggest lesson is being humble enough to take coaching when you're doing something new and then understand you're going to suck and just do it over and over again. Then you'll get better at it. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to kind of ride on that a little bit because I think that's a thing that uh, a lot of us, we know it, you know, we know that, yeah, you're probably going to suck at this thing pretty bad when you first start, but it still stops people. And I've found that just continuously moving along and doing the next thing works for me because there are certain times where I look and go, all right, well, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking Mount Everest that I have to climb. And looking at that, you're like, how am I going to do all of that? But if you go, well, if I just stand the hell up from the sofa, that's at least step number one. If I put my right foot in front of the other, then that's the next couple steps. So working through stuff like that, and I know you do this with your clients, what sort of stuff do you break down with people uh, just right off the bat when you kind of get into that? I love the mountain story, right? And looking up to that peak and so many times the mind will say, holy shit, how the heck are you going to get there? And, and that's what stops so many people is because they can't see the path where 
if you break it down, and I love to break it down with, with clients, I do it myself, right? I'm, I'm a practitioner. I don't teach out a fucking book. I do myself first, and then I am able to teach through experience, authenticity. But I love to say, just focus on the easiest possible step you can take. And it's almost laughable. Like, I'm going to take this step like that. So, but take it and then celebrate it and then take the next one because then you start to, to your point, build momentum. You start to feel that energy rise. Your confidence builds a little bit as you take a step, another one, and then three. And then all of a sudden you're moving towards that peak where if you sit there and say, well, how am I going to get there? 99% of the time, the way you start is not how you're going to get there, right? It's called optionality, right? And, and Navy SEALs have that mindset, like just find an option, find another path. If 10 doors are shut, just go the 11th and continue down that route. But break it down to the easiest, laughable, possible first step. Take it, celebrate it, and then do another. And then you'll, you'll start that process of momentum. I dig that, man. I like to play devil's advocate on the show, and I oftentimes will think about that one dude that's listening going, yeah, fuck you guys. I've tried this shit before. I've done that. I've done that. They're just making excuses. I'd hoped at some point I get an email from whoever that random person is that's like, you, you've fucking done this to me a couple of times. But from coach's perspective, I want to give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain because for that person and other people that think, yeah, fuck it. I've heard that before. I get it. And they continuously make excuses. Now, you and I both know in client sessions, you can smell that shit from a mile away and it starts to come up and you're like, so we have to get through this first before we can actually handle the problem. So how would you suggest, and I, I guess this is kind of a two-part piece of it, or how do you work with your clients to be able to go, I hear you on the bullshit, but I want you to look at it and smell it so that we don't have to look at it again and then go back and work on that stuff and then how you work on it for yourself because of the audience themselves thinking, yeah, fuck it. I've heard this before. I've done that before. We want to be able to help them break that down because I get that once you stand up and you start to move, it's easier. But that initial movement is what typically takes people the longest to do. So from that perspective of you know, you're coaching one of your clients and you're like, I hear you on your bullshit and I want to love you through it. But how you as a person would be able to do that on your own? One is having an awareness of how much energy it takes to start, right? And, and it's just like the space shuttle lifting off, right? It, it uses so much energy that, that first couple seconds to get up and off the platform. It's the same thing in life, right? And if you would just think to yourself, okay, I, I just need to muster energy for like three or four seconds to get the heck up. And energy is such a powerful thing. And so many people are missing that. So many people in life are flatlined where they're just... They're not great, they're good, they're not crappy, they're just average. And they don't amp up their energy level. So that is one of the fundamental things I, I bring to the equation when I, I, I work with my clients is you know, passion, energy, speaking to it, and you feel it, we feel it as in our, our exchange right here. They inherently can't sit there and still say the same thing because they're, they're, they feel that exchange and they're like, all right, you know what? I don't know what you're on, but you're right. I'm getting up and I'm done. And it's just that energy exchange can be so incredibly powerful that the nonverbal language, the, the, the excitement, the enthusiasm rubs off and they're like, you know what? I'm getting off the couch now. Like I'm doing it. Let's go. So that the energy is such a critical component to 
getting off that couch, getting movement first, as well as having somebody else assist you in that process, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That energy is huge. <clears throat> it takes a lot sometimes for people to manufacture that themselves because they're stuck in their own heads where if you have an itch on your leg, you're not really going to think about it. You're going to go, oh, fuck, there's an itch and you scratch it and just subconsciously go about that. So it's interesting when we um, when we as people just allow ourselves to stagnate and just sit there and not do anything. Do you find that that really stems from fear or do you find that it stems from something else? Fear is a one of the components. I would say the other one is we're just so kind of safe and we're always just playing at middle of the road. I, I like to say the large portion of society is a frog in a boiling pot of water and they just don't know it right now. They, they're not aware of it, right? And there's so many things that society tells us we've been taught that take us down that road towards a quiet desperation, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, all of these things that we've been taught we should chase after or we've been taught to consume or do that truly aren't letting us step into the best version of ourselves personally or professionally. And it's been eye-opening for me. I always say I like, I've unplugged from the matrix and now I'm like, I, I can't go back in and I don't ever wanna go back in. But there are things that just consistently, day after day, we're fed, we're, we're shown and people are plugged in there and they can't get out of their own way. Hmm. Now, I know you've had uh, some major changes that have happened and a lot of growth that has happened, let's say, over the past couple of years. Is that one of those things that you've unplugged yourself from social media and from the news and things of that sort? Absolutely. Like that's one of the founding methodologies I have personally. And then when I work with my clients is when you wake up in the morning, control that first 30 minutes, no news. No, I mean, other than turn off the alarm, if you're using an alarm, and it's, it's like a tractor beam from the Death Star, like trying to pull you in, but no distractions, stack these quick wins, water, exercise, meditation, journaling, all these things that make you feel good. Then you're so much more equipped to being able to take on what the world throws at you. And we know it throws a heck of a lot at you. So stacking those wins, so vital. Being away from the news, the negativity, those things, I, I like to just put up that force field that, hey, I, I, I need a working understanding of what's going on in the world, but I'm not going to watch it for two hours at night. Yeah, yeah. And they go, why? Why can't I sleep? Because you fucking watched Fox News for three hours. That's why. Uh, that's, that's a whole different story. But I, I know you're a Tony Robbins guy. I am as well. And I think of priming. And I think that was one of the things that stood out to me years ago is, one, how he gets up and runs out in the middle of the cold ocean at dumb o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm in Florida, uh, maybe 15 miles from the ocean. That'd be one hell of a run each morning. <laughs> but uh, I think, think it's the same way. You know, you got to prime yourself. You got to get your shit together. And it's funny. I was actually talking to a client the other day about putting their phone down in the morning. I have my phone next to me, too. I have an alarm that's set. And there are times where I find myself just on Instagram. I'm like, how did I even get here? I literally just turned the thing off. And I've started to just turn it off just from where it is and leave it. Uh, but I find it interesting to be able to discipline yourself with that sort of stuff and not being pulled back in. Now, to kind of land this plane in a sense, 
the conversation I was having the other day, I, I reminded the client, look, once you do that, you remind yourself of all the things that you think you are. And you have no idea what's unknown at that point. But when you get up, you start to work through your routine of getting your mind right, getting your body right, even just stretching and doing some squats or something like that. And you're not inundated with, shit, I've got these three meetings today. I got to get this thing out. I got to do this with the kids, all the blah, blah, blah. You're able to just kind of work through that. Now, it's taken me years to get to the point where I have a morning and an evening routine. And I'm not always 100% on it. But are you in the same boat? Do you do the same thing where you have a morning and evening routine and, and coach your clients in the same way? That's the foundation where I start because you can't control the life that we have, right? You just can't control it. So, but you can control those, but I like to call them the bookends, right? Last 30 minutes of the day, first 30 minutes in the morning, digital sunset, preparing for a good night's sleep. I mean, sleep is where our bodies, our minds repair it themselves. So many times people are getting crappy night's sleep, right? I mean, if you get less than seven hours sleep, you're like doubling your risk of cancer. I mean, that's a scary thing. My mom passed away from breast cancer seven and a half years ago. I'm making sure I'm getting more than seven now, right? And, and those things that set you up for success, celebrate your successes, and then get a great night's sleep and then wake up in the morning. To your point, it is the greatest gift you can give yourself, but you can also give the loved ones around you, right? I've got two sons, wife. When I get up and take care of myself, stack all these wins, I'm in control, I'm excited, I'm in a sense of purpose and focus and power, how do you think I act to them when they're up? I'm smiling, I'm excited. Like, that's such a different way than how so many people, they lose control of their day before their feet even hit the carpet or the floor out of bed because they're checking their phone, they're checking emails, they're getting this negativity, maybe from social channels, maybe the news. They're stepping on the floor and they're already down the path of despair anxiousness, stress, overwhelm, and they wonder why their day doesn't turn out well. Well, you didn't, you didn't give yourself the greatest gift you can give yourself is taking time in the morning and everybody says, well, I need to help other people. Bullshit. You need to take care of yourself first. Then you show up so much better for all those around you. Oh my God. Yeah. Somebody, uh, I forget if it was my show or if I was on somebody else's show, but somebody said it's like when you're on an airplane. They tell you, you got to put your mask on before somebody else's. And I remember thinking the first time I heard that, I was, I don't know, a teenager flying somewhere. And I was like, well, that's fucked up. Like, I would imagine going down and my mom being like, wait a minute, I got to put my shit on. Uh, but it makes total sense where you got to be okay so that you can take care of the people around you. And man, it's once people actually go through and start to do some of that, they realize that, oh, I'm not a shitty person. But... I have been in the mornings because you just get so aggravated and upset or whatever, or you get just lost in, oh, I have to do this thing. And, and you're not able to actually look at the stuff that's around you. Now, I'm sure this wasn't something you've done for years and years and years and years and years, because I know you've had a little bit of a story. So let's take a little bit of a back step. Why don't you tell us uh, what that story looks like and how you became who you are now? I always love that this question because people again see a finished product and I was a shy introverted kid when I was growing up I mean my late mother used to tell me a story when I was six wanted to go play at the buddy's house she had to come with me because I was so shy I wouldn't go over right and then it transferred to high school and and I broke out of it a little bit due to sports but my senior class on the male side I was voted biggest complainer so like 
you think about where I'm at now, totally different. I had that life event, as I shared, I lost my mom to breast cancer seven and a half years ago. And when you watch the woman that brought you into this world, leave this world, it fundamentally changes you at your core, right? And uh, I had some other iterations. I remember when I was a gym owner, I left corporate America and, and one morning I woke up after doing kind of the things I did in my 20s and 30s and hanging out late with the buddies drinking. And I was coaching an 8 a.m. fitness class. And my wife's like, how are you going to coach that class when you stink of alcohol? I was like, huh, that's a pretty pretty good truth bomb, but but love it. And then, right, good question. And, and then I started to think about, okay, what am I doing on a daily basis? And now it's just a constant game of how do I get better every day. Someday I'm, I'm going to have dips. I'm going to have valleys, and that's all right. Give myself grace, but continue to do things that set me up for success and are good for my mind and body. That's why this year, 2022, I decided no alcohol at all. And that's the first break I'm gonna take for a year since I was 17, 18 years old. Hmm. Wow. I, I love when people do those things because they want to. Like there are some people I talk to, they're like, no alcohol, no drugs, no this. And it's like, well, why? Because no. Like, well, it doesn't fucking make any sense. Like, give me an actual reason why you're doing it. You know, um, almost like when we were when we were little. And I, I say that because we both kind of grew up in the same area where there were a lot of people that were straight edge because they thought it was the cool thing to do. And there were people that did lots of drugs because they thought it was the cool thing to do. So all in all, people thought it was the cool thing to do on either side. And I think some people don't realize why they're doing it. So for you, I can understand that you have certain reasons. And if you want to get into those, you totally can. But I think of this is just another piece of who you are and who you've become and who you're working on. So let's talk about let's talk about that tough time that you went through with your mom. I like to ask what were some of the key moments or episodes that happened throughout life that were pivotal moments for you? And I can tell right off the bat that that would be I I love my mom to death. We had a terrible growing up relationship but I wouldn't want to see her go. So I couldn't imagine the pain that you've gone through. But now that it's been a bit from that, talk to us about how how you manage your mindset and still loving and all of that throughout that whole process and what you look at now, kind of looking back at it. Perspective and reflection is a powerful thing when you're years out from it. I'll give you two stories really that stand out in before she passed and after she passed. And, and one is before she passed, we had a conversation. I took her to the University of Penn for, for a treatment. And it was about her legacy and how terrified she was she would be forgotten. And, you know, that's a, that's a powerful, she was going to go on hospice care at this point. And when you hear your mother talk about that, boy, that, that shocks you. Um, and I assured her at that point that I would carry on her legacy, her message of hope, of positivity, and said it'll live on through me, it'll live on through my children. So you talk about a spark. I honor her every day by bringing that attitude to it. I help her legacy live on because of that. So I didn't know in that time and that conversation, but definitely looking back, I just, I, I feel that power from that conversation. And then the second story is the night she passed, it was, uh, you know, it was a Sunday, the Eagles were playing the Giants and I get a call from my dad saying, hey, come to the house, your, your mom hasn't woken up. And she passed later in a Sunday afternoon and we got the 
second unit of the funeral staff. It was two older gentlemen. I'm the oldest of three kids. So I was up there after she passed helping any way I could. And I saw this concern on their faces and, and it was in the second floor of our house. And they said, I don't know if we're going to be able to carry her down the steps. And I said, in a moment, I said, I'll do it. I said, let me get my younger brother. And that night we carried my mom out, out, out down the steps in that dreaded black bag. And you think about opportunities to lead in an instant. And I got goosebumps from telling you that story. It just immediately snapping into action saying, I got it. And, uh, you know, I can pull strength from that moment, even though it's incredibly painful. Um, but it, those two, those two stories just are kind of my base and foundation to make sure every day is a gift. And I, I use it to its, uh, to its fullest. And that's, uh, it's a wild thing to think about being in that spot. Uh, and it's inspiring to hear you just without even really thinking about it going, fuck, I got this. Yeah, let's do it. You know, um, it's, I mean, you often hear, uh, parents shouldn't, um, shouldn't put their kids in the ground. They shouldn't have to deal with that. But at the same time, you know, the kids need to deal with their parents and that's, that's gotta be super tough. Now, were there things that you can look at now, again, years later, where you go before that moment, this is how I looked at things. And after that moment, it drastically changed, but in certain aspects. Yeah, I mean, positivity, the mindset, and every single day I wake up and people are like, how are you excited at 5 a.m. in the morning? I'm like, because I get another day. I get another opportunity. Like, we were just at the at the beach as a bigger family, and my nieces and nephews' sons and my brother and brother-in-law were throwing the football around the ocean, and I was brought to tears, and my wife looked at me and said, what's wrong? I said, my mom would give anything to be here, and I am just soaking up this moment because I know how precious it is. So, you know, kind of kind of going through life through 40 years and not having that perspective of, man, just take some time, soak up, soak up the moments and smile and laugh and not take life so seriously and and bring energy to other people. That that's just such a gift that we can give and too often we we discount the impact that we can make on others by acting a certain way, leading a certain way, bringing energy in a certain way. And that's, that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. And I, I know for a lot of people that, um, that really hurt and they kind of hurt other people, it's because of the hurting that they have and they don't allow themselves to get through that or look for help to get through it. How you're telling me about how you took your mom's body bag out and the positivity that came from that, where some people would take that and run with it in a different direction. So with your coaching clients, when you feel like they're on that cusp of they're about to just hang up the gloves and be like, look, I, I fucking can't anymore. I don't want to. How do you work in with them? And I get that that's a case per case basis, but in certain ways there, there's a formula to it. So I, I love correlating that to someone they love or finding out a deeper why, right? I mean, obviously my two sons are a huge one uh, in, in my life. But if you can correlate that to an experience or something you're going to miss or something that you won't get to see later in life, all of a sudden it shocks people to say, okay, you're right. Like, what, what am I worrying about? I, I need to get up because I want to experience 
walking down my daughter down the aisle or dancing with my son at his wedding. And if you're headed down this path, you're not going to get there. And that gives them a future state of a, a reality check where they're like, holy crap, you're right. Like, I, I need to shift. How do we do it? Let's go. <laughs> the fear of God in their eyes, in a sense. <laughs> go. Yeah, you're right. Let's do this. We, we run away from pain, right? And, and when we see pain, I mean, through iterations myself, I, I wear a pink wristband on my arm and it's a reminder of my mom. And it's a reminder of my mom not to have me wallow in the fucking corner, but to say, you know what? Let, yeah. All right, mom, I got you. I'm here. Let's go. Right. And, and if we can use that, if we can transform that pain into purpose, it, it is a fuel that is never ending and it just lights you up. I love that, the transforming pain into purpose. Now, let's get into some of the deep work and how you're transforming pain into purpose. So talk about what you're doing throughout the course of, let's say, this season that you're working on right now that's part of the struggles. And be real, be honest, but at the same time, understand that the reason why I ask that question is I want to point out that you're human. And you're just like the rest of us, because we talked about this earlier. Some people will look and think, oh, well, they've got everything together. We fucking don't. We constantly work on this shit. We just may work on it a little bit more than you do. So step up your fucking game. So how do you do it? And what do you go through right now? Like, what, what's the struggle that you're kind of working through to better yourself with? You know, three, three things I took on this year. One is the alcohol and and. It's been amazingly eye-opening to see how many times I would gravitate towards it to numb up a, a bad day, a tough day. And I got nothing against alcohol, but I just knew it was the brake pedal to the car that I wanted to drive so fast. I wanted the clarity. I wanted the focus. I wanted the energy every day. And even just one drink wouldn't allow me to do that. So in addition, I get to lead from the front. My one son's going to be 14. The other's 12. They can see it and say, Dad chose not to. And now I can say, you, here's the reason why, right? Uh, so show them an example. Two was, you know, porn. Porn was a huge issue in my life, issue in my marriage. I think it's it got this deep undercurrent. It's available everywhere. And I know a lot of people suffer from that. And I said, it's, it's impacting my relationship with my wife. I'm, I'm doing away with that. So that was a big one this year. And then one that's just constantly ongoing and, and you had alluded to it is that mental battle. Like yesterday in the morning, I did not have it. I don't know why I made, I asked myself some questions. My wife asked, Hey, what's going on with you? And I, I, I said, I don't know. Um, and she came in and asked me if I wanted a hug and the old Jeff the ego stepped in and said, no, I'm good. And she walked into the other room and I took a second and through meditation, through getting in mindset reps, I said, hold a second. She made an attempt to reach me and I let my ego get involved. So I walked out and she looked at me and she said, did you rethink the hug? And I said, yes. And I walked over and I gave her a hug because especially as men, I would say many times, no, I'm good. I'm good. No, you're, you're not. And Find somebody that can help you get around other men that are real enough to talk about, listen, I have my shit together. I struggle in these areas and then you'll see some growth. So those are, you know, the two for the year. And then just mentally, I face it every day and I, I coach people in this. We all face it. It's a constant. You're never going to get to a point where you're just like, I got it. I'm sure Tony Robbins deals with the same stuff, right? It's everybody does, right? Yeah. Everybody has coaches. So it's crazy. Somebody said to me before, 
um, that they were told by a coach. They're like, well, Michael Jordan has coaches. Do you think you're better than Michael Jordan? And they were like, the fuck I don't at all. So no. Um, uh, but man, I, I think the porn thing is a big thing that we as men and probably as women, but look, I'm not a woman, so don't know. Uh, we as men struggle. And there are times where I know there, there are friends that I have that are very close friends that I can talk to about stuff where I'm like, hey, man, I'm struggling with this or struggling with that. Um, but I think that's one of those things that a lot of men really are afraid to open up about, and especially in a relationship. Now, I've had some some issues like that as well within my past relationship, and I feel some of that actually was part of the downfall because we didn't really communicate through all of that. But overall, sexual problems within marriages or within any sort of relationship typically comes back from something that had happened before. So do you find that that was something that was easy for you to break because you had help within your family or friends? Or did you do that on your own and it's just a constant thing you're dealing with? I did have help because I made it vocal to my wife and saying, hey, I know this is impacting our relationship. And early on in our marriage, it, it was acceptable. She was like, okay, I'm not in the mood, go ahead. And, and you know, I don't think that was great on both sides of the equation. So I knew that it needed to be addressed. And listen, I, I still have the buddies that send like a picture and I'm like, I delete it. I, I don't want to see it. Like we're, when you're, when you're in that state, it's a constant dopamine hit and you're just like, we talk about alcohol numbing. You're basically numbing your mind to anything that happens real in the world through that. So, uh, and, and it's everywhere, right? I mean, it's, it's everywhere in the world. So it's a discipline that I need to dial in every day. And I set, you know, what I'm going to do through the day. And there's, you know, no porn, no, no social scrolling to be able to put up that buffer because, you know, you were just talking about in the beginning where all of a sudden your phone, you're on Instagram forever, right? It's it, where our minds are up against the greatest supercomputers and artificial intelligence ever made in the world. It is a losing battle we're facing. So how do you how do you put up those buffers? Like you have to do it. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing process, but, uh, I know it's enriched my relationship. I know the lack of alcohol has definitely had a positive impact on my family and others. And I just had a guy reach out today that said, Hey man, you inspired me. I'm, I'm giving it up for my 41st year on this earth. And I'm, I'm excited for, for it. I've been thinking about it, but you doing it. I'm in thanks. And I, I, that message brought me to tears. Not that I want people to do that, but if you feel that itch, yeah, go for it. You can do it. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's when you know at that point, like you realize like, Ooh, that was the person that was the person that needed to hear that. And I love that you are hyper aware of that stuff. Emotionally hyper aware. It sounds like where, uh, think about it when you were younger, if, if somebody was like, oh, you're going to watch this movie and you're probably going to cry, you'd be like, fuck you. I am not going to cry. Like, totally not. But now you watch the commercial and you're like, why? That was so good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My wife still laughs at me when uh, 2008, when the Phillies won the World Series, I was, oh, that's a moment to cry. I was at that game and they showed the replay and tears came instantly. And she was like, how the hell do you do that right away? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you know. Oh, dude, I believe me. I mean, you, you hit on a note with that. I, my mind's eye, I see the ball falling off a table from Brad Lidge. And 
yeah, I want to cry now. Thanks, Jeff. Um, <laughs> but along this stuff with like not only the porn, the alcohol or anything, you touched on it. It's dopamine hits because we look at, we want a little happies of things. We don't want to feel whatever we're feeling. We just want a little happy with things. But And I think if we take that step back, yeah, porn is a problem or alcohol is a problem or whatever those things are. Those are still kind of symptoms and pieces of it. But if you can take a step back and look at the fucking doors that you're about to open, it's a different story. And I've had a handful of conversations like this recently where it's been more and more in my head. You sometimes get to a point where you have a handful of different doors, but each of those doors could have 40 other doors behind them. And one of the easiest ways to not go through that bullshit is to not go through the fucking door. But you got to be aware enough of that door. And would you agree that being aware comes from the disciplines throughout the day that you do, like your bookends? Absolutely. And awareness is such a key piece to being able to consciously make a decision, yes or no. I would also say piggybacking off your dopamine, right? That that's that constant dopamine hit. We also are in a society that's go, 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 next, 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 busy, busy, busy. So anytime we do something, we rob ourselves of that natural dopamine hit. And I love coaching clients on this. Like you go out for a walk in the morning. Yes. Feel good. I just felt a dopamine hit. Like in, I, I just felt good. Wire that, celebrate it, then on to the next instead of, all right, I got my walk. I got to meditate. I got to do this. Got to do that. You're robbing yourself of wiring what you do that is good for you with that dopamine hit. So if we can do that a little bit more celebrating, it might feel goofy, that double-handed, yes, but it, it feels good. And we should celebrate when we do things that truly help us. Yeah, and those things right there, the over-the-top almost sometimes celebrating is part of the recipe. That's how our body will take that and say, oh, this means this and move it along. Instead of being like, yeah, it's good morning. That's cool. Moving fucking along. Let me get some coffee. Oh, shit. No coffee. All right. Fuck. What do we do? I got, it's, it's a whole different thing. But uh, I I love the, um, the bookend sort of concept of that and the disciplines within it. And man, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Um, I'm sure we could go through a lot of things. One thing I want to point out is I appreciate you said water earlier instead of water. So thank you <laughs> to the Delco people or anybody from Philly that's listening. They're probably like, fucking this guy. Um, but man, it's been so awesome to have you on. For the audience, give us that one piece of advice that you'd give for somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery. Today is a gift you will never get again. So play all out. Use it to its fullest. And that's what I, I look to do every single day. And if more people live that way, this, this life, this society, this world, it would be on fire and it'd be an amazing, amazing place. Yeah, I agree, man. I appreciate that. So, hey, where can people uh, find you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, so uh, they can go out to my website, www.themorningfire.com. If they want to grab that blueprint of bookending your days, I've got a book on Amazon, number one bestseller, Rise, Fight, Love, Repeat, Ignite Your Morning Fire. I'm out on all major social channels as well as have a podcast, Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So what did you think of the show today? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. 
If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. And check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on the mindset and selfmasteryshow.com as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up the mindset and self-mastery show. Thanks again to our incredible guests for being real, honest, and vulnerable with us today. But I'd like to thank our sponsors. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Your support means the world to us. And with that, remember, your mindset matters, and so do you.